This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. How many people are really ready to give God praise this morning? Can have your seat briefly. Oh, no, no, let's stand to read God's word together. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sorry. Let's read. Let's read together. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. God bless you for Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. Now, I want us to read it as loudly as we can. Everybody together. One, two, go. What a powerful word. Can we read it one more time? One, two, go. <laughs> Hallelujah. One of the things that God will want you to know and you must know as a Christian, the Bible says you should know that the Lord thy God is God. Each of these words, uh, each one is very powerful, but we will not go fully into them today. The first thing that you should know is that he is God. And that's deep. Then, that he is faithful, faithful God. And that he keeps covenants and mercy. God keeps covenants and mercy. Mm. I want to speak very briefly on sure mercy this morning. There is what is called the covenant of mercy. So the Bible said that you must know, you must acknowledge that God is God, God is faithful, and God is a covenant keeping God. Hallelujah. You can have your seat, but still stay with me this morning. The Lord God, faithful, covenant-keeping God, He is God. Isaiah chapter 55. I'm going to start from verse 3. Isaiah 55, verse 3. We have not come to an ordinary service this morning. Isaiah 55, verse 3. Hallelujah. Incline that here and come to me. Here and your soul shall live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. What is this? Let's start by saying that we know the Bible says God is a covenant keeping God. The Bible says you should know, as a matter of fact, God does not like dealing with a man until covenant is in place. He loves to deal with a man on the ground of covenant. Because there is something about the nature of God. The Bible says he is a covenant keeping God. So when he appeared to uh, Noah, there was a covenant between God and Noah. There was a covenant between God and Abraham. 
And I've told you this church before, there are about seven covenants in the Bible. So God had a covenant with Adam, covenant with Noah, covenant with Abraham, covenant with David, covenant with Moses. And then there is what they call, in fact, the Bible itself is a book of covenant. So you have two sections of the Bible. You have old covenant and new covenant because God and covenant are inseparable. As he begins to deal with a man, he immediately begins to introduce covenant to the man. As soon as he called Abraham out, he said, look, it has to be on the ground of covenant between the two of us. When he flooded the earth, he told Noah, you are about to pioneer a generation. I don't trust a man that I don't have a covenant with. So Noah, you know what? We are going to start this relationship on the ground of a covenant between me and you. And when he got to Jesus, the Bible said, by the blood of your covenant, because of the blood of your covenant, I have sent for thy prisoners free out of pit where there is no water. It has to be. But there is one that we are looking at. So there is Noah's covenant, there is Abraham's covenant, there is Mosaic covenant. But we want to look at the one that spans from Old Testament to New Testament. It's one of the most powerful covenants that should be on your head. It is called the covenant of sure mercy. What does this mean? I will explain it briefly. We will have many Sundays to look at this. And I want to talk about things that fuel this covenant. And one of such is what we have come here to do this morning. So the Bible said the sure message of David. What is this? Psalm 89. Let's read. We'll read Psalm 89 and then we'll read 2 Samuel chapter 7. Psalm 89. Now the Bible says, I will sing of mercies of the Lord forever. This is David talking. Ah. It's a thanksgiving service, but so many supernatural things will happen this morning. As people praise God. I am hearing shifts. God is not a man that should lie. I was having a personal prayer session yesterday and I heard the whisper of the spirits that in 2023, there will be grace for building. For, he said people will build. They will just have the ability to build things. From building family to building business to building physical structure. Yes. There is a grace that enables you to build effortlessly. I will sing a mess of the Lord with my mouth. I will make known thy faithfulness to all generations. Verse 2. We will read a little and skip. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness thou shalt establish in the very heavens. Verse 3. I have made a covenant with, it, with my chosen. Now, this is God talking about David repeating what God said to him. I have sworn unto David my servant. Verse 4. Now, this is the sure message that God is planning to give his people as well. David said, Thy seed will I establish forever and build up, build up thy throne to all generations. Verse 5. And the heaven shall praise thee, O Lord. But I want to skip to and the wonders of the faithfulness to all condition of the saints. Verse 6. For who in heaven can be compared to, who among the sons of the mighty can be likened to our God? Verse 7. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints. I'm coming back to that. But let's skip to verse 19. This is where the whole thing starts from. Thou speaketh in a vision to thy only one, and said, I have laid help upon one that is mighty. 
I have exalted one chosen out, out of the people. Verse 20. May this be somebody's testimony. I have found David my servant. With my olive oil have I anointed him. As a result of that verse 21. The Bible says, With whom my hand shall be established, and my hand also shall strengthen him. Verse 22. The enemy shall not exert upon him. There is a level of no oppression. Nor the son of wickedness afflicted. If there is anybody under any kind of affliction this morning, it is over. Verse 23. I will beat down his foes before his face and plague them that hate him. It becomes a crime to hate this man. Next verse. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him and in my name shall his own be exalted. Oh Lord Jesus. Verse 25. I will set his hand also in the sea and his right hand in the river. That talks about fame and popularity. Verse 26. He shall cry down my father, my God, the rock of my salvation. Verse 27. Also I will make him my firstborn, higher than the kings of the hearts. Kings represent names in different industries. Some names are about to assure those names. Well, if you choose to be quiet this morning, there's no problem. But I, it will be a blessing to learn to shout on a morning like this. Are you with me? Are you getting the gist now? I don't want to go to the second Samuel 7 path, but because it's not a teaching morning. This covenant came to David the day he sat down and the Bible said, let's just read the beginning because it will lead us into what we're about to talk about. That means there is a realm where the sons of wickedness cannot afflict you. Where the enemies cannot, in other words, no matter what people are thinking, no matter how many people gang up to plan negative things against you, it is possible to be in a state where it can never come to pass. And that when people gang up, God beats them down one by one. The Bible says he does not only beat down his enemies before him, he plague those who hate him. And the Bible calls it sure mercy of David. And the Bible says it's a covenant that spans from one generation to another. And then the Bible said that part of it also, he said, I will make him my firstborn. Firstborn in the Bible are entitled to double portion. And he said, I will make him higher. There are other kings. But this one, I will make him higher than all kings. What makes God to give this kind of covenant to a man? He said it later. He told them that even if your children will sin against me, I will chastise them with the rod of men. But my mercy, I will not withdraw. He said, the way I took it from Saul. Saul had it for a while, but it was taken away. That means mercy can be taken away. But when there's a covenant to show mercy upon a man, it is never taken away. God said, if your children stray, I will bring them back, but I will make sure that their punishment does not become perpetual. It's not perpetual. It's not something that goes forever. So there is a covenant that covers all your children. That they are fruitful, not because of what they are doing, but because of who you are. 
Oh, shh. I've told you before, our former venue, the manager there, one of the venues we used before, I mean, I was sitting with a bottle of star before him. He told me one day, he said, I can never and I have never been sick. He said, God said something to our grandpa. He said, people like me will be deviated from the path. He said, I'm not a serious Christian anymore. He said, but I was at home with grandpa one day when fire caught the house. We were looking for water. Grandpa went to pick his old Bible, pointed at the fire and the thing went off. He said, they walk with God so much that he said, if I ever feel anything in my body, there is something grandpa used to say, if I say it and I put my head down, the thing leaves my body. When I met him, I should be almost 60 years old. He said, I have never been sick once. And he said, I am not a serious person. I drink. But God gave something to our family. And God is not a man that should lie. Covenants are irreversible. Except a man does not play his own part. Because it's a thing. Believers need something between them and God on the ground of covenants. I. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Second, second Samuel chapter 7. Let me quickly read and I'll end. This is why we are here this morning. The king sat in his house. The Lord had given him rest around the bar from all his enemies. And then, verse 2. The king said to Nathan the prophet, I dwell in the house of Cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth with the coffins. Now show me where when God sent Nathan to him and said, say this to David. I took you from following sheep, just down, down. And God said something about not taking the mercy away from him like he did to Saul. If I if I just put it up there. Hallelujah. Are we, are you tracking with me this morning? Ay. It was so real. By the time David was leaving, God said you cannot build the temple. Many people are not aware that the greater percentage of the wealth that Solomon used to build the temple came from David. He said, God has taught me from building, but I'm going to dash you gold in abundance. What covenant is this? David was the only king in the Bible that never lost a single battle. There was no battle eventually that he never won. And God made sure. He did something more terrible than Saul. But God brought David back. Because of a covenant that God had with him that God did not have with Saul. Even though they were both people of God's kingdom. This is why I'm talking about this this morning. There is a sure mercy. He guarantees that anywhere you are, the mercy of God speaks over you. No, it's not really what to say amen to. I'm explaining something that you need to step into. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. When we get to heaven, the only king whose name will be in heaven is still David. Yes. There's a place for him. Up to now, in Israel, they still celebrate. You see, covenants are powerful. I'll just give you the Rechabites were brought to the temple to take wine and they refused to take it. And God made a covenant with them that the Rechab's house will never fail. One of the pastors in Lagos had told us that when he went to Israel, he said, I don't want to see Gethsemane. men. I just want to see Rechab's house because the Bible said it will not fail. Now, Rechab's house started before Jesus. Old covenant. And the person took him and the tour guide took him down. He said, that's the Rechabite, their house, still standing after 4,000 years. Because God is not a man that should lie. He said the king's generation, it's like the, the lifespan of a covenant is 1,000 years. 
Because he said he keeps, he keeps it for a thousand generations. So if I told it to change, one thousand generations will pass. Are you with me? Yes. When the, when the master himself will come, the only person he agreed they should call him, he said they should call him, he, he only agreed they should call him the son of David. Not son of Joseph, who really gave birth to him biological, or Mary. But he accepted the son of, and there was no time that anybody said to Jesus, son of David, have mercy. He always stands still to answer them. It was a code. Because David entered something. He was the only Old Testament man who functioned by New Testament principle. Covenants. But to understand this, you have to study David. Hallelujah. Amen. When God was speaking through the prophet, he still swore that when the remnant returned, he said, I will set up a king before them, over them, even David my servant, who shall shepherd them. What happened with David and God? I'm going to show you three very important things about this covenant. When these three things are placed in your, are, are, are in your life, you begin to operate, this covenant will begin to operate in your life. But you are to be cautious of it. Hallelujah. The first one is part of what we read before, but I will show you again. Psalm 25 verse 14. This is how to begin to enter into this thing. And I will explain this. Everybody read this scripture together. One to go. Do you know the meaning of saying that the secret of the Lord is with certain people? It means that what is mysterious to others, the way God operates, you will seem to understand it, which will mean that you always be on page with God. The secret of God, so there are some people that the secret of God is with them. They know how to blow, blossom. And the Bible said that it's with them that it will show them. That means it does not show everybody this covenant. But it shows those who fear him, who have his secrets. But what I want to begin to explain this morning, it's not fear as in, look, there are things that word of faith has made a mistake about. One of them is telling people that we, now in New Testament we don't fear God, we love God. No. The Bible talks about 7 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Fear of God is still part of the syllabus. Only that our fear is rooted. So the word fear is not that you are shivering, but it is reverence. Ah. Oh God. You know, <laughs> in that Psalm 81, 89 we read, David once said that, he said God is to be reverenced in the congregation of the same. I am choosing to start with it because I'm going to talk about this fear of God. I'm going to talk about praise and I'm going to talk about see, Be passionate about God. There is, you, you will see them maybe some other Sundays as we begin to journey through the Bible that the number one sin that is common in our generation, why the people cannot flow in this, in this covenant is the fact that honestly speaking the fear of God is missing. And not too much, of course this part of Believers committing sin is missing in bed, but that's not even primarily what I'm talking about. It is part of it. But I'm talking about treating God. See, one of the when Eli began to his sons began to misbehave, began to rape women in the temple, the servants of God that God first sent to them made a statement in first Samuel chapter 2. He said that God said you will be a priest forever. He said, but not anymore. He said, because they that honor me, this is God talking with like honor. And those who despise me, 
they will be lightly esteemed. Moses did not fail to enter the promised land because he committed any sin. The sin he committed, God said it three times. He said, you fail to sanctify me before the people. The day the Lord showed me this. You see, when you are a Christian and in the place of worship, you are checking your phone. What you are doing, the condition of the righteous that you are not sanctifying the Lord before the people you are standing. How many Christians are guilty of this? He said, God is to be held in high reverence in the congregation of the saints. One of the major sins that believers commit unconsciously, you will trivialize God and you make him small. When we go to embassy, they ask us to drop our phone, you drop it. But when we come to church, an average Christian has checked his phone three times during service. They think these things don't count. I'm going to show you, see, what made God. Just let that scripture guide you. I think it's 1 Samuel chapter 2. Please, if you see, just check. When uh, God said to Eli that those who honor me, I will honor. Many of you don't know. The Bible says that God is a God of knowledge by him, actions are weighed. He is watching. What level of honor do you have for God? Do you be stunning? It's beyond you are not fornicating. Thank God for that. But how do you, when you hear God, when it is God, when it is God, how do you treat him? Everybody. How, when it is God, how do you treat God? You begin to understand, see, this fear is linked to love and then it's linked to, I'm talking about reference, passion, value. Thank you. When we begin to praise God today, it is better not to praise God at all than to praise Him casually. There are many times that God says, there were people in Old Testament who received a curse because they brought animals that were dented with issues to God. When they did not bring sacrifice, it did not have a problem with them. He had a problem with the insult they brought. Is it me that you are bringing this to? I have seen these times without number. You are praying and you are checking SMS. What an insult. Yet, when you stand before the governors of this world, you submit your phone. David trembled before God. He was, God saw David's approach towards anything that had to do with God. A guy offered him a field for free. David said, no, it is in my nature. People like us don't give to God what costs us nothing. Ah, and God said, child, I'm going to give a covenant to this guy that is not common. He said, I don't give to God what costs me nothing. In other words, when I come to church, I don't give an offering. I don't give God residual. Is God really number one in our lives? Check the way an average Christian treat God. You are talking to your boss. You give full attention. You are talking to God. You are doing three things at the same time. TV is on, phone on, and is worshiping. Father in heaven, I will love you. We lift your name. Shadim, I pray, Father. I'm praying. You know, the Lord said to me to help people to get this. They will sound simple, but it's costing people. When we start, we journey through the story of David to look at the kind of honor. When God sees this from Old to New Testament, God's demand that is very consistent is that there is an affinity that God has for those who love him. Yes. Those who love him. 
the Bible talks about of those who love him and who keep his commandment. They asked Jesus the great commandment. They said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. I want to read something there. I will imagine these three things together. The fear of God, the love of God, and then I'm talking about placing value on God together. These three things, because that is what will give back to a praise that is unadulterated. Ah, Karusti. One day I was praying and the Lord was telling me that, have you checked the 24 elders? These were elders, elders, 24 elders. They never worship without first of all removing their crown. Crown, stay on one side. Then they bow before God and then they worship. I remember there used to be a man, I used to know one man, he was not a serious Christian. But God was always blessing. He would come to the only once in a while. And one day I was conversing. You can always trace things that Why is God so nice to this guy? And he said that as a CEO, he said, I have never entered any church with my phone in my hand. I leave it in the car. I am not a very serious person with God, but the little time I want to come to the presence of God, I hold him in high esteem. I leave all other things behind. God, are you following me? Amen. Oh God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How important is God to you? Is somebody with me? See, this made David. Oh, thank you, Jesus. These guys will first of all remove their crown. They will put it down. Then they will fall on their faces before God. That thou art worthy. Whereas somebody else will praise him and be doing some other things. What led to this covenant and all this in number one? David had so much reference for God. A serious one. And you should. When it comes to God, what is your attitude? You will hear something like, Oh Lord, early in the morning will I sing this. Coming from a man. A burning desire to really hold God in our esteem and to honor him. And that every part of your life shows the honor that you have placed on God until neighbors and everybody they notice that when it comes to God, there is an approach you have taken and that you will not change. God to you takes the highest honor. Hallelujah. Have you made up your mind that there will not be any woman being in your life that you will honor more than God? Thank you, Jesus. Do you know that when the president is attending a meeting, nobody can come in after the president has come in? He must be the last person to come in. Yet at times, in the place of worship, people are just coming in and they come in. Look, this is not a church where we attack people. The Lord told me to talk to the body of Christ, not only this church, about this. It's too common. Ah. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's in Malachi when he began to address this issue. That's how you offer the blind animal. I said, do you offer them to your governor? That means God watches how we treat the people that we value. And he compares it with how you treat him. When it is time to praise God this morning, see, repentance uh, is not about saying, Lord, I'm sorry. 
Repentance means change your ways. Sometimes you don't need to say, I'm sorry, you just need to change what to do. So this morning, as we praise God, because I am setting for these three things because they are the reasons why praises don't do the wonders that they are supposed to do. Psalm 149, let the high praise of God be in their mouth and two edges on their hand. The Bible says to bind their kings with chain and their nobles with fetters of iron. And the Bible says to execute on them the judgment of this honor have all the saints. Normally, when you praise God for 30 minutes, there should be a wonder that should follow. If that does not happen, you have not touched praise. Praise is so powerful that nobody offers it without anything in return. I mean, we'll begin to read in the Bible. These people were just marching. Second Chronicles 20. And they began to praise. For he is good and his mercy endures forever. And the enemy set up themselves against. How many times have you said God is good and his mercy? How come when you said your own after service, nothing has changed? The warfare in your life are still the same. All the people that said it in the Bible, something followed. The priest gathered one, they began to praise God. And the Bible said the glory of God filled the house that the priest could not minister. Three nations surrounded Israel. They said it. And the three nations, the Bible said there was no standing soldier left. In other words, there's no battle in their life left, not one. Why do we say our own and we go back to the house and the warfares are still there? There's a problem somewhere. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Is somebody with me? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Maybe I should stop here. Honor. Value. Fear. Reverence. God. The Jews who wrote the Bible, some of them that wrote the scripts, laws of Moses. Every time, when they are up to now, when they are writing in Israel and they come across the name God, they will go and watch themselves several times before they write that name God. It might be now a religious thing, but it's coming from an understanding. We just read the Bible that God wants people to reverence Him. This commonizing, this, this treating God in a common way, we all need to repent. We need to. Cast a crown, lifting hands, bowing hearts, it's all we come to do. Crown, glorious God, with and worship. Is somebody with me this morning? Hallelujah! These are the things that they cause this covenant. Once God sees a man who is so passionate about Him. As soon as God gave David the house, I am coupling many things together because it's not, I will separate them like I did with the last topic. We will come one by one into all these things. When I say passion, we can separate into many parts. Love God, they, they, are, inter, they, they, are, they are linked together somehow, but they are different things. God gave David a palace. He said that he built the house. The first thing he told, he said, God's ark is dwelling in woods. 
and he said, I am in the house here. I will not address what I'm not led to address. There are people who have been promoted by God. Yet, when it comes to God, the way you still treat it, it shows in your offering. Yes. And it shows in your time. What to spend time on. It is true. When David said to Nathan, why am I, say, I'm, I'm doing a beautiful house and God's house is just a tense. God told Nathan, I go and tell, I like this kind of thinking. This guy, his heart is fully, David was not a perfect man, but he loved God passionately. I dare say this to the house. God will find a way. He can deal with a man that has a covenant with him, arrange some chastisement here and there, but he will make sure you come on top at all times if you really love him. Now, the one that does not love God but is doing everything correctly will still fail one day. When I share with you the stories of kings in the Bible, you are going to find the lives of Josiah who did well in the temple, did well, set up everything, purged Israel of idolatry. But there was no record of Josiah being a worshiper and something between him and God. He died a battle that did not make sense. Haven't I seen Christians like that? Josiah was in his country, was the guy that became king at age 12. He removed idolatry from Israel. Nico, the king of Egypt, was going to attack another country. Josiah gathered war soldiers and he went to find Nico. And Nico told him, number one, I'm not coming to your country. Number two, God told me to go and attack that nation. But Josiah did not see why God would speak to the king of Egypt. He doubled into the battle and he died. I asked God, with all that this guy did for you, this guy restored, led Israel back to Jehovah, removed idolatry from the temple, idols from the temple, and he died in a battle that was not even his own battle. You see, they are everything right. They don't sin, but they still don't honor God. There is this art that I'm trying to describe where God is so important to you. They just made David king. He got to the house. Instead of him to enjoy the furniture, he just said that, ah, come, come. This palace is beautiful, yes, but where is the ark of God? Even if we were God, what would you do to that kind of person? In the days where Christians begin to prosper and forget God, somebody began to prosper and he's thinking. He was still thinking. Two nights ago, I was praying. I saw somebody in the spirit. I didn't see the face. I just saw somebody like a situation of a person. And he told me that when you are ministry, mention that today. See, it is very easy to start in the spirit and begin and continue in the flesh. The Lord told me that there is a person, whether you are here physically or you are watching, but you are part of this service, I don't know. He said that the covenant of between you and God, you were working in the supernatural, in the area of giving. There is a covenant. There is a way you do your finance that is just a secret between you and God. And he has been promoting you and then you walk away from it. You just sort of started becoming logical and then you are dropping. What he wants to build through you, your savings can never do it. You have to go back to the covenant between you and him. What I just said, if it's a word from God, the person I've spoken to will understand perfectly what I've just said now. Because it is very easy for flesh to set him. Yes. Uh, listen to me, everybody. I assure you, when you get what I've just shared now, there's no ice God cannot take you because you will not change your mind about him. It is possible that what I'm saying today is what God is waiting for, for many people. Because God does not trust a man who does not have covenant. 
you will change your mind. If, for instance, now you have a covenant of praise, that as long as you live, you will have a prayer session of 15 minutes every day. God will watch you do it for a while. Once you do so, there's no level God cannot take to because it has become a covenant. He is sure that even if you become president, somehow you will you can get off from board meeting and go to the toilet and shut the toilet for 10 minutes and praise him. What that assures God is that we have this guy forever. So he releases himself because now he's sure. Because if he wants to talk to you in that 10 minutes where you are praising God, he can correct you and tell you something. But he does not trust a man that does not have covenants. If you have, or you promise and you stop, it tells him that when they start inviting you to UN and some meetings, you will not do it again. When Apostle Paul was talking about one of the signs of the apostasy of the end time, he said, Men shall be covenant breakers. Paul spoke about that. It shows how important this thing is to God. Covenants. For some, the principle of Titan is a covenant. Debates are going. I don't talk about it. Don't tell me you don't want to be. A t- I'm not for that. I'm, I'm, but I'm just telling you that it is the easiest way. So people can't do that list. Once you God trusts only when, when is sure that there is this transaction between you and Him. He has His part. You have your part, and you both sign. Then He can trust you more. Yes, and then He watch you do it for a while. There's no covenant you find in the Bible that you begin to practice that God will not get committed to. In my first key point initially, is watching. It is true. Mercy. But this is about the most powerful covenant that I know. I'm going to show you something. And I'll close with it. Jeremiah 33. Jeremiah 33. Look at how far God took this thing. Church. Brachizos. this. Please, give yourself to God. Love God. When it comes to God, become extremely passionate. It feels the temperature of your love. Many people don't know that God wants to be loved. Some are seeking for children. Some are seeking for marriage. Some are looking for cars. Some want to japa. Looking for different things. They don't know that God too is looking for something. He's looking for those who will worship him in spirit. Jesus used a strong word. He said, the father's secret. Can you imagine the almighty God? He too is looking for something. Where is it? Where is it? Where are they? Can I find somebody? When he does, he lavishes. In the Old Testament, he could only find David. He said, this one, forever, and I and you till forever. Look at Jeremiah 33. We, we, let's start from verse 20. We did that scripture. Alone. Can you imagine God going this far with a man? Don't say the Lord. If you can break my covenant of day, and my covenant of life, that they should not be day or night in their season. Next verse. Then you may also, <laughs> yeah. When I fall, you like, God, are you not going too far? For one man. God stood for the part and he said that if you wake up and there's no day and night again, that is the day my mercy toward David will fail. This is God talking. Old covenant man. Can believers learn something? That your children are abroad, your mind is at rest. No matter what, there is a covenant. You are too sure that God cannot fail you. After the covenant with Abraham, when the king took Abraham's wife, Abraham did not bother to explain, excuse me, she's now my wife. He was one that started in trouble for Elijah, it was, it was his sister. The king was carrying Sarah to his bedroom, and Abraham didn't say anything. 
He just knew that covenant keeping God, that except we don't have this transaction, God appeared to Abimelech in the night. He said, if you touch that woman, I will kill you. And Abimelech protested. He said, but God, he said this is sister now. And God said, that is why I appeared to you. So that I won't just kill you straight. I could have killed you. But because I know you are innocent, so I'm warning you now. He lied. He said, now, nah, me, I'm telling you. It's not be as his sister. Now, his wife. The Bible says, Abimelech woke up in the morning, was trembling. He called all the chiefs. I looked at him, what kind of man? Who said, Almighty God. Philistine told Abraham to leave that you are too big for him. He said, no problem. He left. Within days, they came to meet him to come and beg him. Can one man be bigger than a nation? La Croce, he said. See, in this 2023 that is coming, the speed with which God will lift many people listening to me this morning. But this is the key. He has lifted some before they have disappointed him. So there must be a covenant. Hallelujah. If you begin to have a covenant of praise, the day you start the following day, there can be a, it can be a terrible day. It is not Satan, it's God. He wants to see. Are you serious what you have said? That your praise will continually be in my mouth. And one night you are tired, you cannot stand up, but you have said you will do a praise session every day and it's watching. Can you hold on to your part of the baggage? When you do, God will appear and tell that I assure you that I am the Almighty. And when it comes to you, yeah, now I have not confirmed this, but I heard it from Pastor Louis Johnson, who said that he read that the children of the owners of Coca-Cola said that their fathers enter covenant with God. Where he told that Coca-Cola will go around the world. They said the people in charge now are not Christians anymore, but I say covenant does not fail. Yeah. The Lord is looking at what everybody is doing, whatever business. I'm looking at in six months, I can call this to go around your world. And you know what? I want to, but do I trust you enough? Passion for God. When he sees it in a man, nothing, he, he has found a treasure that he's looking for. God will do anything to tabernacle there with you because people like that are not common. Passion. This guy told David, there is a plague in the land. Oh, you need the land to do something. I said, the king said, you don't understand. People like us, we don't give God what costs us nothing. How can I offer sacrifice to God and it has not touched me? How can you call somebody your lover and then you are giving stipends to the person? Some men do that, but God is not like that. You have not married the lady you cannot buy something at restaurant or somewhere. When you go out together, you say you for, you're always forgetting your ATM card or wallet. Give red card to that kind of person. Are you following me? <laughs> God. The ancient people saw it. Most blessed, most glorious, the ancient of the almighty victor. Look at this one. Die. What a great name. You learn to lock your door. But it begins this morning. Everything I have shared, when we begin a prayer session now, I want you to lavish your praise on God. 
when it is time to give. If I maybe I will start with that one. Nobody should tell anybody or catch anybody to anything. But what a believer should do is that you should measure God when it comes to giving. I don't give offering the same way. I give hundreds of thousands of times as offering at times. When there is a service that touches me deeply, I change what I want to give. And anytime God lifts me, I can't stay at the same level. So I am wearing a cloth better than what I used to wear before. But the only thing that has not changed is an offering. I don't love God. It's an insult. Soibu cannot even bam the same place where they used to bam before. Your level has changed. Now what you wear is different. Now you have changed houses four times. But when it comes to God, you still look for that change. And then you follow with, Lord, you know I love you. You like you have a knock on your head. But in this message, just watching that, do you really love me? Do you love me? When God gives you more comfort, do you find more time to worship him? Now the bed is better, this room. Now there's more space in your house now. What do you use more space for? See, if you don't serve God with all these things, you'll start serving sin. Data can help you to now listen to more messages or you can begin to watch pornography stuff. When you increase and you don't increase your work with God, that increase will be a problem. Do you know God is looking for a congregation? Can this church get to a level where we come to worship God on Sunday? It is real worship. That there's none of us that is not on our face in worship. None of us. Can there be a time that when we come to church, our own acts? You have captured. I believe this is probably the secret of those spread. See, th- when those ones, so, songs came out, it wasn't this popular then. It always show. Yeah. It always show. You have conquered my heart. Oh, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. This is what I've been led to bring to us. We will jubilate and celebrate. But so that this praise will make sense. That's why I'm sharing this with us. When the service is over, after praising God extravagantly this morning, I want to ask everybody on your way home or at home, ask God also, Lord, how shall it be between the two of us? Yes. Don't trust a business or a job that God has not sworn an oath over. Yes. It is dangerous. It might not mean that something bad is happening, but it is dangerous. Get a time. Get him to swear over that thing that you do. Okay, you know what, son? I tell you that this one. When Parky Dami was alive, a man that was an illiterate, the founder of Redeemed Christian Church, God made a covenant with him that Redeemed would be in every nation in the world. That time, the old Redeemed in Nigeria, they were not up to 1,000. And the boy said they would do only go side, they would do a gathering of all redeemed, all they would come together and they but God told him. So when God told him, he began to smile. When the man was right, he told them that except God did not appear to me, there will be redeemed everywhere. That's why you are seeing it now. See, it is beyond the prayers of maybe members. Of course, then God made the covenant with Baba Deboe. That is the covenant that is speaking in everything you do. He's a covenant keeping God. He is. So my works. Yes. Ah, I learned of a pastor that he said every pastor around him, their children turned back before him. 
and he went to God. Is it true that pastor kids they turn bad? And he said, Lord, I don't want mine. And God told that begin to. It became a quarrel between him and God. The all the four children are pastors. The grandchildren pastors. There is a way. I'm looking at people here. Are there issues in your life? I've just told you now. Why should they walk? Why should the situation remain after you have come to praise God? I will never be the same. I've touched your grace. My life. It must change. Many of you can feel the anointings are speaking. And when she begins to, when they begin to lead us in worship, you, I have never been where this people have ministered, this God servant, where the anointing was not provoked. But can we walk, are we going to walk out and go back home and the same thing? Or as we worship, the things will fall. The wall of Jericho will come down. And there will be an evidence that you have touched his grace. Your life will never remain the same. That's why I decided. I wanted to speak for just about 15 minutes about praise. But the Lord pressed upon me that explain to the people who they are worshipping. That when they do it the right way, they will see my glory. I am not a man that should lie. Every promise in the Bible, I mean everything I have said. He doesn't talk and he can do what he has said. But there is always a problem somewhere. Passion. 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 Hallelujah. I will not only obey God, I will, not, I will always obey him promptly. Sacrifice Isaac, he could have done it in the afternoon. He woke up early in the morning. That is the attitude of those who have found value in God. Who have placed value in God. He, he didn't sacrifice Isaac. He did it early in the morning, very early. God spoke to him in the night. He woke up very early. It's an attitude. He watches. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.